a big change is coming to 401ks. But if you take advantage of it, we can almost guarantee you will regret it. We'll fill you in. Plus, we will have the results of our Money Friends poll on the topic. And as if it could not get better, we have guest co-host and season two thought leader, the host of the Popcorn Finance Podcast, Chris Browning, back for his second show and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. Uh, and I am Chris Browning, host of the Popcorn Finance podcast, coming to you from Popcorn headquarters here in Los Angeles, California. Oh, I'm jealous already, Chris. Anyway, this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Chris Browning from the Popcorn Finance Podcast. We broke those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own, and we do it for you six days a week. This episode of the Money with Friends Podcast is sponsored by AcreTrader. Farmland can be a great way to diversify your portfolio, especially with the extreme recent volatility in the stock market. AcreTrader has a great explainer video with more intel. Go to acretrader.com forward slash MWF to learn more. Chris, so great to have you back. Oh, thanks to be back again, Bobby. It's always fun talking with you. I feel in awe of your star power because you've recently been on TV a lot. Tell us about that. <laughs> You're a star now, yeah, I, a superstar. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, you know, I had a great opportunity to um, do a financial literacy, uh, financial literacy <laughs> segment on uh, Spectrum News 1 out here in L.A. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, very cool. Um, we saw a lot of clips of that on your Instagram feed. So awesome. Well, I hope you'll still keep, you know, hanging out with us us regular folks as you as your star continues to rise but we're so happy to have you as part of our cast for season two here on money with friends let's see which one of our our uh, friends is going to lead us into the headline this is scott from the inspired stewardship podcast the money talking party starts now it's time for money with friends all right, our first story comes to us. Actually, I should say our story comes to us from CNBC. It is written by Alicia Adamzik. And it begins, the headline is, it's about to get easier to withdraw money from your 401k, but you should be careful. The government is making it easier for investors facing an economic hardship to take money from their 401ks. But financial experts urge savers to be cautious before doing so. Hardship withdrawals are allowed only if your plan sponsor permits them and you have a, quote, immediate and heavy financial need that you have no other means to cover, including medical expenses, funeral costs, and to prevent an eviction, according to the IRS. You pay income taxes on the distribution as well as a 10% early withdrawal penalty if you are younger than 59 and a half. Unlike a 401k loan, you are not required to pay the money back. That's the crucial difference here. You're not required to pay it back. It's not a loan. Around 80% of 401k plan sponsors allow hardship distributions and just 2.3% of of participants take them, reports investment news. All right, Krista, you got to take over from there. I've got a marble mouth today. (laughs) I got you, Bobby. It's okay. All right. (laughs) 
Previously, those who took hardship withdrawals uh, could not contribute to their account again for six months. Under the new rules, which take effect in January, they will be allowed to begin contributing again immediately. Additionally, plan sponsors will no longer need to require participants to take a loan before they can take a hardship withdrawal. Uh, employees will also be able to borrow their employer's contribution to their account and an investment earnings. Previously, they could only take out their contributions. Here's a list of the topics that qualify for the distribution per the IRS. So it's medical expenses for the worker, their spouse or children, purchase of a primary residence, certain college expenses for a worker, their spouse or children, payments to prevent eviction, funeral expenses, and let's see, certain expenses to repair damage to a principal residence. And then a couple of other points to point out, or a couple of things to point out here, uh, that uh, because, let's see, 401k balances are protected in personal bankruptcy. So that's a good thing to, to point out there. And then Bobby also made it clear to me that for um, IRAs, that is not the case. So that's a special uh, protection with 401k plans. And then also uh, just take into consideration that taxes and penalties on withdrawals are something that you have to consider when thinking about taking money out of your plan. Right. Because my understanding is that on a loan, you don't get all the penalties because you're putting the money back. But it's good that you can you're not forced to stop contributing. So that's a good thing. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard because in a way, this is a little little bit more forgiving. It's Mm -hmm. giving people options. And maybe if people feel they have options, they might be more likely to contribute because they won't be as fearful that they can't get to the money. So I'm trying to be positive about it, that if you feel maybe people hesitate to contribute as much as they could because they're worried they might not be able to get to the money for decades. So they're, they're not contributing as much as they can. So maybe people will be more motivated to contribute feeling like they have access to it in an emergency. And so that could help increase contributions. But overall, I don't know about this. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to see someone do is pull money out of their retirement account like that. Because, I mean, the likelihood that once you pull the money out that you're going to put it back in, it's it's pretty low because they're not going to make you put it back in versus with a loan. You at least have to you know make those payments back into the plan. So I think it's it's a great change that if you do happen to pull money out for hardship, that you at least don't have to wait six months before putting money back in again. But... Overall, we don't want to encourage people to pull money out of their 401ks if they can avoid it at all. Right. And Kevin here in our Facebook Live audience does point out that he thinks there are bankruptcy protections that may be extended to IRAs in certain states. So that may be a little wrinkle in it. Mm. But the 401ks do provide protection. And that is something that one should think about if you are in an economic hardship situation and you it's a reason to leave the money in there because in theory it is protected so you that is one place where you could have money protected and if you were for example in bankruptcy maybe it's not going to be accessible to someone who is trying to get you to pay back something else um yeah exactly and i think it really shows that what we what we really want to encourage people to do is to protect yourself with something like an emergency fund. So that way, this isn't something you have to turn to. This should be like at the very end of all the things you could possibly do to get money. Pulling from your 401k should be at the end. There's many, you know, preparation through a, a, um, a setting up an emergency fund, um, having other options. I mean, I would even I would even probably even turn to family before I turn to pulling money out of my 401k permanently. Because on top of paying the, the taxes that you have to pay when you take it out of there, and then there's the 10% penalty, it may, it, I'd rather just say, hey, hey, dad, what's going on? Let me talk to you for a second here before I go that. And I would hate to do that, but I'd rather do that than pull money out of my 401k. 
Yes. Well, we taped this in front of a Facebook live audience. And we also preview these stories on our Instagram stories feed, um, which is at Money Friends Pod. And we did ask our Instagram stories audience, should it be easier to access retirement savings for an emergency? So, Chris, the choices were sad, but yes, and nope. Should it be easier? So what do you think our audience said? Should it be easier to access retirement savings for an emergency? I would say, I would say no. And I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 60%. I'm going to throw a percent on this, see if I can guess it right. You say you're saying 60% nope and therefore 40% sad, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you were close. You were correct on the fact that the majority did say nope. It was stronger than you expected. Oh. It was 84% nope. And we oh, had wow. a pretty strong participation. I think we had um, a more than 30 people participating. And we did ask people to elaborate on their answers. You have some of those there. Do you want to share some of what our audience had to say? Yeah. So I have here a response from I am the real spoon. Uh, it said, I took a 401k loan when laid off for a short time. I never want to have to do that again. Emergency fund. So they're on board with the, getting that emergency fund set up. Uh, let's see, uh, made very good. I've loved that name right there. Uh, retirement is retirement, not emergency. Set up a separate bank account for emergency. So another vote there for the emergency fund. Uh, let's see, Lizette in motion said retirement shouldn't be considered as an emergency account. And then beauty underscore lover underscore 79 said, that's why it's important to have an emergency fund. So I think it sounds like everyone's on board with an emergency fund. Yes, I think that's good. I think our audience had some good things to say. And I do want to acknowledge our Facebook live audience is chiming in as well. Kevin, um, who is an, seems to be an expert on this, may know a little bit more than we do. He says that the, uh, the uh, 401ks are protected up to $1 million per the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act, or BAP-CPA, of 2005. Um, that's something I didn't know, so everyone can look that up to verify it. Um, but that sounds like Kevin's giving us some interesting information. Again, I, I don't know that offhand, so I can't confirm that per se. But Kevin, thank you so much. And um, Mike is asking us, which medical expenses are in the guidelines and is cosmetic surgery them. My gut feeling, Mike, is that it's probably medically necessary stuff. Um, we'd have to look in the guidelines that probably go to irs.gov to find that. That's actually a great website, by the way, Chris. Have you ever checked out irs.gov? It is a great website. There's a little ton of information on that site. There's a ton. Yeah. And again, Mike is also, Mike has a lot of questions. He wants to know if FAFS is looking up the different retirement, different, um, if they're going to look into this um, to see if you can tap into that for schools. These are all things that we can all get into um, on our own researching. We don't have those answers at our fingertips, but I do want to acknowledge that those are things that, you know, there's a lot of um, devil in the details in these. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of broad ranging um, rules. But the truth is that this is, you know, this gets into tax law and this stuff is very complicated. And I'm bringing up those questions that we don't have the information at our fingertips because I think it's important that people be proactive and really get into what you can and cannot do because you can often think that you understand the general idea of something, but there can be nuances in the way these laws are constructed. And it's important that you, if you're going to do something as radical as taking money out of a 401k, which we certainly do not recommend, you need to know exactly what the ramifications are, exactly what qualifies for it, and exactly what the penalties are going to be. Chris? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with everything you said, Bobby, because when you're when you're thinking about touching your retirement and the, all the implications that could come with that, whether there's the taxes, the penalties that are a part of this, you don't want to do that just on a whim. You want to make sure you spend the time to really understand what you're getting yourself into and what could potentially happen if you were to pull this money out of the account. 
Yeah. And, and you also remember, you can take money out according to this, but it, you can also take a loan. And the idea with a loan in a way is that you're, you know, you're required to pay the money back within five years plus interest, but you're paying the interest to yourself. And that can often be a better option, the better of two bad options than taking an actual distribution. Because remember with a distribution, you're paying the penalties as well. And of course you're paying the taxes that you didn't pay going in, but still at least the money is going to make it, make its way back into your account. And then if you do put it back in the account, you're not going to be paying those extra taxes. So the better of two bad options. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? I'm definitely way more in favor of a loan than uh, than making a full on withdrawal. I, I know that does end up making another expense for yourself. So if, if this really is an emergency, you have another way out of it. If you were to pull out a loan, I don't know if maybe your budget can't handle making that payment back into the plan. I mean, I, I mean, that would be the only situation. Maybe you just have a really tough cash flow situation. There's no other place for you to turn. But I really am in favor of going with a loan. Um, and that way, at least you're, you're making a commitment to put that money back into the account. Yeah. I once had a colleague who wanted to take money out early of his um, 401k. And the truth is he was 58 and a half. He had one year to go. So a loan mm. was something that was a better option because then he could put the money back and then take it out later at 59 and a half and not have the penalty. So really yeah. think about where you are in your life and really think about whether you have other resources, even family or other ways to access the money that you need. Um, in order to avoid that, because you're really just hurting yourself. You're losing out, not just on taking that actual money out, but you're losing out on the compounding returns as well. So you really want to avoid doing that. Um, any final thoughts before we go to our takeaways soon? I would just say, think long and hard before taking money out of your 401k plan. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I think we've we've kind of made our position clear. <laughs> Let's talk though about Acre Trader. Acre Trader is sponsoring this episode of Money with Friends. And as I mentioned earlier, with the stock market so volatile, you might be looking for a way to diversify your portfolio. And Acre Trader is an option. It helps you do this by adding actual farmland to your portfolio. So by the way, I recently met with the folks from Acre Trader and it's really interesting the way that it works. For a city person like me, here's the good news. You don't have to actually do the work, Chris, because you, can you imagine that? Oh, no. I do <laughs> oh, not no. want to, No. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. But you do get to be the landlord and you're the one that the that owns, that's one of the owners of the field. And so you don't have to worry about watching the farm weather forecast and all the things. You're buying a portion of a farm. And if you go to look at Acre Trader's website, they have a great video explainer on how it works. But a lot of the farms are in things like soy and corn. And they recently got into almond farming. So, um, the farms are, by the way, they're very expensive. Did you know that, Chris? Have you ever tried to buy a farm? You know, not yet. Maybe someone to put my tiny home, but I have not looked on one for just running it purposes. So. <laughs> so the good news is that Acre Trader divides fields into smaller pieces. So that makes it a lot more affordable. That said, you do have to be something called an accredited investor. You guys can look that up. But the thing about farming is that it's kind of boring. And that's the opposite of what the stock market is right now. So it's a nice place to consider putting a portion of your portfolio if you decide that it is right for you. You can go and learn more and make the right decision that's right for you by going to acretrader.com forward slash MWF for more. And by using our link, they will send us a little thank you. So thank you, our lovely listeners for supporting the show. All right, Chris, what are we doing with uh, the takeaways? Are you first or second? You want the final word? Um, I'll let you go first this time. All right. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Ready? This is my takeaway. 
don't do this. Mic drop. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I don't I don't think I have much <laughs> more, more to add to that. I, I would just say, I, you know what? I do enjoy the fact that they took away the six-month uh, minimum requirement before you can start contributing again. Because just because maybe you had a hardship right now doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to put money back in when you want. So I, of all the changes, I like that. I don't want you to take money. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also would add uh, to my mic drop comments <laughs> that I, I do think that if this is something that people take comfort in, that they feel like they could access their money more easily and therefore they're going to contribute more to their 401k or other retirement plan because they feel it's more accessible, that could be a positive as long as hopefully they don't actually use it. But if it makes people feel more comfortable that the money could be accessible in an emergency and therefore they save more, that could be a good thing. No, I, I definitely agree. So if anything that can encourage people to put more in, I'm all for it. Awesome. All right. Before we wrap up, tell us a little bit more about what's going on over at Popcorn Finance. Yeah. So over at Popcorn Finance right now, uh, I've actually been doing a lot of, um, um, I guess, episodes on looking into these new companies that are opening up uh, checking accounts. So companies like Stash and Acorns and um, I think uh, Betterment, all, everyone's coming up with a new account. So I had a listener call in and ask me, what, what are my thoughts on this? So I just took a, a deep look into what you should consider when opening up an online only checking account. And what should people consider? Oh, there's so many things. So that quick recap. FDIC for sure. And how easy is it to access your money? Are you going to have a difficult time getting the money in and out of there? If so, you might not want to do it. All right. We'll look for that. And your social handle is? Oh, yeah. So you can reach me at Popcorn Finance Podcast on Instagram. That's the best way to reach out to me if you have any questions. And our Instagram here at the Money with Friends podcast is at Bunny Friends Pod on Instagram and also on Twitter. And please stay close to our Instagram stories. You can be part of our polls, quizzes, and and, and question stickers. I guess that's what you call them, question stickers. So you can be part of the show. We love to have you with us live on Facebook Live. You'll also get notifications and countdown clocks for when we're going to be taping. And you can get a lot of that also, including info about Chris and our other Money with Friends thought leader co-hosts on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. So please check it out there and be in touch. We love it when you guys DM us with questions and comments as well. Any final words, Chris? Uh, I would just say thanks for having me on, Bobby. It was a pleasure getting to talk with you. We loved having you as well. We'll see you back here in about four weeks for another couple of episodes. On behalf of Chris Browning for the Popcorn Finance Podcast, I'm Bobby Rebell. Thanks for joining us. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends. <laughs>